Welcome back, everyone. We're going to dive into a chapter now on all things leadership, leading with authenticity, what emotions and thoughts can pop up either when we're new leaders or when we've been experienced leaders working with our teams for a while. Again, joined by our guest expert, author, Kevin Lawrence, who has worked with leaders all over the world to grow resilient, happy teams and companies. So Kevin, let's start off just kind of maybe getting real, um, pointing out that leadership, although can feel and seem very glossy and glamorous, at the end of the day, it can be very difficult and quite lonely feeling too, with a lot of demands and expectations. Um, I remember this personally, right? And I think a lot of people can relate to this. Um, back in my consulting days, as I started to become a project manager and then a program manager and engagement manager, I, I remember that when we were on the road, um, I would call back to my husband and be like, oh, like, no, no one really wants to go to dinner with me anymore, right? And, and yep. <laughs> it, it's just one of these um, things that people don't speak about as much, um, that leadership, although can be so fulfilling and meaningful, can also be really difficult and, and lonely. Um, and especially with how challenging being a leader can be that a lot of times people don't put themselves first because they are always thinking about prioritizing the team, prioritizing the well-being of the team, making sure that everyone has what they need to function as a team. And then that means sometimes you as a leader, you're on the back burner and you are neglecting your own well-being. Or like you said in former in our previous chapters, Kevin, that we feel like we have to be a martyr or a self-sacrificing leader to be a caring one. Um, with this in mind, uh, right, I, I would uh, love to hear your thoughts, right, just on words of encouragement around being a leader and how we figure out that balance between taking care of others and taking care of ourselves and how to differentiate between the two. Well, yeah, and, and, and I like what you're saying is that, that to be a great leader, you've got to start by taking care of yourself. You have to be strong, clear, and kind of prepared for what you need to do. If you're just sort of the show up and see how it goes kind of leader, it's not going to go very well. There's a lot to it. And to be an effective leader, you need some think time too. You need time to sit and think and contemplate how you're going to do things. But I believe leadership is one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself because it's a journey full of growth. Like if you want to grow as a person and become the best version of yourself that you can, leadership is the best path. If you want to become a better parent, a better friend, family member, father, um, daughter, son, niece, whatever it is, if you want to be the best, leadership is an incredible teacher. Because your stuff will be showing up and you have to learn more skills and capabilities to, to be um, incredibly effective. So I think it's a great journey, but yes, it's hard. And there is, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 principles, 50 principles that if you learn them in your career and learn how to practice them, and it's all learnable, almost every competency in leadership is learnable. Um, and if you spend the time and energy, and whether it's from mentors and formal training or books, ideally a combination of them all, um, you'll be able to do it. Most people are just underskilled. And it's, 
No different if you're learning how to fly an airplane. Some people think they could just jump into an airplane and see how it goes. Well, we know we can't. We know we can't, I hope. Uh, but leadership is not that, you know, airplanes got all these little buttons and dials and controls. So does leadership. And, um, and I think in many ways, we're just, yeah, we're just under skilled sometimes. Yeah, I think that's a great point, right? Almost destigmatizing going after more formal learning. It's like one of these, I think, again, where we're like, oh, we've, we've become a formal leader. I should just know how to do this and not need any training. That's right? funny. <laughs> Such a, a funny thing that I think we've somewhat woven into our brains uh, yes. and to really know what you don't know. Again, that self-awareness, I think can be so important to your point and, and um, allow ourselves to almost get out of our way um, so that we can, we can serve ourselves and serve others better. Yes. And, it, and a lot of that depends on who the manager or managers you've worked for earlier in your career. If they are a spectacular leader themselves, you will pick up a lot of really good things just by working with them. But if they're not, um, and many aren't, um, you, you'll have a bad role model and you won't even know and you'll have big, uh, big blind spots. Interesting, um, almost 30 years now, I've been working with, with leaders and, and CEOs, executives, senior leaders, mostly. And you know, I've got, for example, a leader I work with in Australia. He is a wonderful man an amazing human being, second generation family business. He's the CEO. And often when we start working with senior leaders, we come in and do a 360, you know, a 360 feedback. And we do deep interviews. Like our, our 360 is the most thorough I've ever seen. It's the fewest questions, but the most depth. We go interview six or eight people. We assess against a couple of leadership models. And, and as I'm, you know, one of my team was debriefing it with, with this CEO and myself. <laughs> he was a mediocre leader at best. And he's running a very successful Australian company. And, but he had pretty big gaps. Gaps that made him notably under effective and particularly like under effective in how he uh, worked with his team. And he's, you know, he's been doing it for his whole life. And he just didn't know. And so, you know, what we've learned, and there's a few different models out there that you can assess yourself at that, that show you how you have a beautiful intention, but how you're showing up. Basically, the root of it is um, an amazing author who I got to know probably 10 years ago named Liz Weissman has a book called Multipliers. And it's probably one of the top books to assess and improve leadership. Um, a key part of it. And her, her, her philosophy is as a leader, either you multiply people's intelligence or you diminish it. And unfortunately, many of us are accidentally diminishing people's intelligence and capability. We don't even know it. We have a wonderful intent and we basically make people smaller and less confident. And the job of a leader is to grow and develop leaders. You know, and this is, this is about the mindset. Here's how you know if your mindset is right as a leader. As a leader, if you think I've got work that needs to get done and my team supports me, um, that's not a great mindset. That might be a, a kind of, we'll call it a manager or a just, you know, a coordinator of getting work done. A leader thinks I've got this amazing team of people and my job is to support them, get them resources, be a helping hand so that they can achieve amazing things. And that's the difference. As a leader, 
It's not about your achievement. It's about your, your, your team's achievement and, and giving them what they need to thrive. You're basically almost out of the way. Yeah. So it, it yeah, anyway, I, can, I can go on about this stuff. It's, yeah. it's, it's sure. just, you, you need, you need some things to help you reflect and see how you're doing. And um, yeah. Yeah. Diving one level, I guess, deeper into that, knowing yeah. how, how broad and deep your expertise is in, in leadership. Um, let's especially focus on what feels relevant for this last year or two, which is just kind of some tough times. Um, yes. Things are changing and unpredictable and everyone feels just kind of stressed and, and wonky um, for like yes. a better word. Um, when, when you are a leader and times are tough, whether it's organizationally or just the state of the world, what do you recommend to leaders when it comes to leading through challenging times, times of change or uncertainty, um, especially when you feel those challenges yourself, right? Because I think back to where we started a lot of times as leaders, we feel like we have to take care of everyone else, but what happens when things feel hard and and you feel like you should have the answers, but you actually don't, but you still want to make sure your team feels safe and taken care of. How do you lead Mm -hmm. authentically and transparently, but still provide security and comfort for your teams? Yeah. That's a great question. And, and, and all around the world, as we know, people have been experiencing this. And particularly, this last six months has been really rough for a lot of people. I mean, you know, in some countries having less freedoms than others and all kinds of things, but it, it's, it's, just, it's, we're fatigued. So the number one thing, I'll go back to what we talked about in an earlier chapter around resilience. You need to be strong and clear physically, mentally, and spiritually. You need to be in a good place to start with, because if you're depleted, Everything's good. Every mountain looks bigger when you have no energy. So that's number one. Number two is who is, who, who's your tribe? Who, who are the people you go to, to talk? Is it a group of peers that you talk to? Is it a mentor? Um, you always have your manager in your organization, which is good, but I think we need even beyond that. So who is the person you go talk to and brainstorm around this stuff? And there's many different forums for that. But you need someone who's, who's on a similar wavelength, ideally someone that has more experience than you do to tap into as a base. Because from there, you get insights. So like, for example, like how, how to deal with the stuff around this pandemic and how you communicate things and you know, what, what, what's the messages you give people. So we, we, we need a forum to discuss this stuff. The, the other piece is, is to remember that hard can be good. Like life is never going to be consistently easy. And I, I remember I, I, I learned meditation from this, I would say, partially crazy Buddhist monk about 20 years ago. He was, he, he was a mutual fund salesman who became a Buddhist monk. He was a character. And he taught me how to meditate amazingly, amazingly well. And he told me about his, his studies in, in, in meditation and that. And he said that there's um, in Buddhism, there was something about that everybody suffers, period. Like, it's just, no matter what, everyone, like pain is part of the program. And so when it's hard, it's to be okay with it being hard because hard builds character. We are, oh, so, I mean, if you look in the last couple of years, we are so resilient. My gosh, look at what we've done. It's incredible. So it's, it's to not feel bad about it being hard sometimes and to acknowledge it's just a hard period. 
And that's okay. We can handle it. Um, yeah, so that, that would be uh, another piece is just to be okay with it being hard. Um, yeah, and, 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 and believing that at some level deep inside us will come out better for it. Whatever, and we may not even know what it is. And it's, it's not just a layer of positivity on it. It's just to really acknowledge there's always hard periods and, and it'll be okay. Yeah. But, but you need external resources to help you because, you know, many people, you just start to lose it. Because it's, it's just like, especially in places that continue to get locked down, it's even harder in those places. Yeah. yeah. That I really appreciate how you frame that. Right. It's almost validating and just normalizing that times can be tough and that pain can be there. Right. And again, not to force positivity on top of it, but to remember and recall how much meaning and learning can be found from painful, difficult times too. And on top of that, to remember that we don't have to go about it alone or believe that we have to figure it out alone, that instead this is one of the most important opportunities to ask for help and to band together to get through the tough times. Um, and, And sometimes I almost encourage folks to look back on all the tough times they've experienced before and remember what steps they took to get through them and to come out on the other side with all this meaning and beauty. Um, And again, not to, not to just go be positive about it um, or force resilience on it, but to actually remember your own examples of resilience through tough times in your past life too. And and yes. And to know that tough time, again, like we said, that they're required and they're good for you. Like there's a saying, if it doesn't kill you, it makes it stronger. And I know that's a bit extreme, but (laughs) even as a parent, like when my kids go through challenging things, I'm there to support them, but I wouldn't want them to not have those experiences because as you, as you suggest, Gloria, you look back in your life and those toughest times, when you come through them, they, they make you stronger. Now, sometimes you might need to go and talk to a counselor or psychologist if there's some trauma from those experiences. You know, sometimes you might need to lean on other people through it, through those tough times. And that's what your friends and your colleagues are for. Like I've got through COVID, again, I have good friends all around the world. And the amount of times we would just jump on a call and say, hey, I need to talk. And the amount of times someone would be having a meltdown or I'd be having a rough time and we would get on and we would just talk about stuff and, and, and talk through it. And shockingly, Every time we would talk through it, we're all feeling better. And I just strongly encourage when you're having those rough periods, unfortunately, some people have, you know, shame or don't want to disclose it, but you need your truck. You need your people to talk this through. And generally in our world, if you go back to a lot of our roots, it's tribal around a campfire telling stories. That's where a lot of our roots come from. And we need that now. In modern days, it used to be around, we'll call it the coffee room or, or the conference room, which some of that got disturbed, but we need, we need that time. And unfortunately, in, in, in the virtual world that we've been in more, there's less of that time. So you need to find it somewhere. And I shared even earlier, like how I you know, love racing cars and, and, and things like that. But that's my time with my tribe. You know, it's a whole bunch of almost the all guys that I hang about. We're all leaders in our world and we get to talk about stuff. We can talk about being a husband and we get to talk about being a dad and we get to talk about being, you know, a, a leader and all those things. It's, it's really, really 
Um, it's powerful stuff. And the people who stay connected to other people generally have that support system to help them through whatever comes along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, another, I think, just really important point around leading authentically is that it, it's even right. I think when we think about some of the leaders that impacted us the most strongly, at least for me personally, it's not necessarily the leader who always had it perfect and put together all the time, right? You almost somewhat feel disconnected from the leaders who, who are only perfect and shiny and only show that side of themselves because yes. at a certain point it feels unrelatable, but it's the, the leaders who can not only be brilliant and smart and intelligent, but also can meet you as just a human and be empathetic and show the full spectrum of humanity. Those are, I think, some of the most transformative leaders because they can actually connect with you as humans. And I think that's such a great point that you bring out um, that it's so important not only to honor that full spectrum in ourselves as leaders, but to be able to share that with the people we're leading to. Um, Outside of just formal leadership, I think there are ways that we can be leaders to others regardless of if we have kind of the formal hat or title of a leader. Um, When it comes to this theme that especially you are an expert in, in putting your own oxygen mask on first in really caring for ourselves, how can you recommend whether we're formal leaders or not just acting as everyday leaders and role models in modeling the behavior and normalizing the behavior of taking care of ourselves? Well, you touched on a minute. We're talking about the authenticity is just telling the truth, Hmm. you know, and just telling it like it is. And by the way, I love what you're saying about that because those are the people you can connect with, by the way, the leader who looks like it's all perfect. I think they're dangerous because it's, it's, it's an impossible facade for any of us to live up to. Interestingly, even myself, when I talk about when I've had challenges with mental health and I've been burnt out, people love it. Because people have this perception of me of being perfect. Like my clients and some of these executives, they, they think that I've got it all together. Of course I don't. But for whatever reason, they have that perception. So breaking that down is just, and just telling the truth and talking about your challenges. So for example, um, when, I, when, I, when I talk to people and you know, I'll talk about you know, resilience rituals. And again, this is in anywhere in conversation with anyone, leader, you know, outside the formal structure. Like I encourage people in companies that have a focus on wellness to share their stories and to share the stories of where they slipped. You know, I tell a story about, and I won't tell it right now, but it, where, where in, in June of 2020 in, in during um, COVID um, where I was in such a horrible mental state, I was like a raging jerk in a, in a scenario that was embarrassing. Um, but I just, I, I couldn't help myself. It just, it's, it's where I was at. I was, I was, I was absolutely cooked. And so sharing the examples of what hasn't worked. So for example, one of the best techniques as a leader, someone's having a hard time and it's to say, yeah, you know what? I, I had that. I had a very similar scenario when I was in my thirties and I was in this role and here's what's happened. Like it was, it was, it was messy. And from this, here's what I learned. And today, you know, here's what I do. So I think that's a, that's a great tool. And in terms of taking care of yourself to share it, and talking about what your, your, your rituals are. And it would be saying, you know, for example, in, in, you know, some people will have, you know, flex days and someone said, you know what, I, I just chose to take a couple hours this morning, go to the park, go for a walk and do some writing. 
And, you know, I started at 10 a.m. instead this morning because that's what I needed to do and, and, and disclosing it. Or that I took some time on Saturday. I just needed to get away from my family. <laughs> you know, like discussing these things that people do, because often in the work world, people are talking about and showcasing what they're doing to achieve. And they don't talk about the self-care stuff and they don't talk about those. So I think it's just, just being open about it. And the piece again, which I, I also showed that we recommend is that people start to have a culture of listing your resilience goals and, you know, and your growth goals and potentially even the life. Some people don't like to talk about the life stuff too much. Some, some companies do, but to make it part of as uh, you know, people setting their objectives around, again, normalizing it and, and almost making space for it and making it okay. Fantastic. Well, I'll take this opportunity again, just to remind everyone that there are deeper resources as we dive into different journeys on so many of the topics that we've touched upon with Kevin around healthy mindset at home. Um, as well as as parents or just getting through difficult times or even again, our journeys from our last well-being week around burnout, burnout behaviors, learning to set boundaries for ourselves and combat the perfectionism or overachieving that can lead us to burnout that are always going to be resources for you to access. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us, for spending time with us in conversation and to share your expertise with our Atlassians today. Yeah, thank you for having me, Gloria. It was great chatting with you about this. And I loved hearing some of your perspectives too.